Well, good morning to everyone. So great to have you here in this room. Some of you are joining us online. Um, I was thinking about last month. It was kind of special to me. It was my birthday. I love celebrating my birthday. I don't know. That's a little bit scary. I know. But uh, I got so many nice texts and cards and gifts, but there were two that really stood out to me. Um, the first one came in a pink bag, and it came from this very special person. This is Harrison, my oldest grandson. He's four years old, and he's just kind of learning now about birthdays. So he was all excited about birthdays. You know, what it means to him as a four-year-old is cake and presents. I'm like, he is a man after my own heart. Well, he came into the house on my birthday and ran up to me with this pink bag and said, here, Grandma, it's a necklace. <laughs> and I just loved it, his enthusiasm, that necklace. He had picked it out himself from the dollar store, but I'm going to tell you something. It has a ton more worth than a dollar for this heart. I wore that all night long. It is so great. The second gift that I got was from my brother-in-law. Now, if you know my husband, he's tall, but my brother-in-law is six foot seven inches tall. Like, he's really, really tall. And he lives in Florida, um, but what's just as kind of tall as he is physical is his, his, his faith. Like, he's got a really big faith. That wasn't always the case for David. He, he gave his life to Christ early in life, but then kind of wondered. He was one of those prodigals, but seven years ago had this spiritual awakening. And if you know him now, if you've been around him at all, then you've been prayed for. Like he's a man of faith and prayer. And so it wasn't a surprise to me that on my birthday, I got a text from him that said, you know, happy birthday. Can I call you someday, sometime today? Because I want to pray for you. And he did. Like he prayed this prayer over me that was so filled with faith, so motivated by love. It really touched my life. Now, those were two very special gifts, very different um, but both came out of relationship and both came from a place of love. Now, we're going into the second half of Ephesians chapter one. And Paul there is offering a gift to you and to me. It's not in a pink bag. It's not from the dollar store. It is a prayer, much like David prayed for me, a prayer motivated out of love and filled with faith. It is a powerful prayer on our behalf, on people that he loved. If you wanna go to lexity.info, all the message notes are gonna be there. Uh, you can join that or we're gonna be going to Ephesians chapter one. Like Josh said, we are in the book of Ephesians and Pastor Brian kicked us off last week. Maybe you didn't get the introduction that this book in the New Testament is six chapters written by Paul, who at the time that he wrote this was kind of nearing the end of his life. He was actually in prison where he wrote this letter to a church that he dearly loved. And you're going to see that in just a minute. He loved these people. He cared for these people. This is a church that he started. And last week we learned about the, the, the truth of how deeply God loves us and that he chose us. What you're gonna see this week in the second half of this chapter is that 
That love that we receive from God, that reality that we've been chosen by him is supposed to overflow now into love for other people. And you will see it. So we're going to read this together and get started at understanding some deep truths that I think are really going to inspire us in a special way. Ephesians 1, verse 15. It says this, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now, when you read this, I wonder, can you kind of sense these just, this just wasn't anyone to Paul. Paul is like a deep affection and love for these people. Can you sense that? The, the, the translation that's the, the, the um, passion translation, I think kind of captures it even more deeply in its language where it says, my heart, Paul says, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God as I constantly remember you in my prayers. Like his heart is full and overflowing. You can just kind of sense the deep love he has for these people because he prays for them. Now, maybe you have had someone in your life that has faithfully prayed for you. Is that not love? What about like those of you that are parents and you have someone that says, well, I've been praying for your kid. Do you not feel loved by them because they're praying for someone you love? There's so much love that goes into prayer. And you're gonna see that in our scripture today. Here's what I wanna do with our time. I wanna look at how Paul prayed for people he loved so that we can do the same. So I'm gonna give you actually a model for how to pray for someone you love. That's gonna be my part. Here's your part. I want you right now to think of someone that you will pray for this week that you love, someone you care about. What's their name? Maybe even the first name that came to mind. You're kind of going, oh God, don't give me their name. That's probably the person. Someone you love. It could be someone you're very close to. You have such a heart of gratitude for them. You want to pray for them. It could be someone you're in a challenging relationship with right now. You feel distant from them emotionally or spiritually. Who is that person? Someone you love. Do you have their name? And this week, 
I'm gonna ask something of you. This is, it was a little bit challenging for me because a lot of times when I come, my spiritual gift is encouragement and I wanna encourage you all and you know, make you feel great about being here. I'm actually gonna ask something of you this week and I think you're up for it because I think this actually will make us all better people and I will tell you what it will do. It will change this person's life. Our prayers will change them and it will change ours. So we're going to pray a prayer that Paul prayed. We're going to learn from him, and we're going to pray it. Now, I don't know how you feel about prayer. Some of you go, I'm so glad this is on prayer. I love to pray. It brings me joy. There's such an ease. It flows. Others of us are like, prayer is the most challenging thing for me. I feel frustrated by it. I don't understand it. However you approach it, we're approaching it. And because of that, something's going to happen. Because the truth about God is he has an unlimited capacity to hear our prayers. He loves to hear things that matter to you. And this person that you love, they matter to you. So you're going to pray for them. And we are going to see things happen. This past week, I did this for this person. I came, came to this message, I've been preparing, I thought I wanna do this for a week to kind of give it a go before I ask you all to do it. And I'm gonna tell you something. What changed in my heart was worth it, but also I really saw movement in my relationship with this person. So get ready. God wants to use your prayers. Church, do you know what could happen if all of us here and, in the, and online, we pray for this one person and God moves in a new way, there may be revival on the streets like we prayed about and just sang about. God hears our prayers. So I wanna give you this prayer and then we're gonna walk through it. It's just very, I kept it very simple. I'm a simple person. So here's the prayer and then I'm gonna show you where it comes from and what it means. The prayer is this. We're gonna pray this prayer. God, will you give, who's the person? God, will you give blank the spirit of wisdom and revelation so blank can know you better? Now, if you go to lexcity.info, Eli made for us a, a screenshot that you can download. I just saw Tom Evans, he goes, I've downloaded it on my phone, it's right here. So that this week, it's right there when you go to your phone. A reminder to pray for this person or screenshot it here. But this is the prayer we're gonna pray. Now, I didn't come up with this. This was Paul Paul praying for us, people he loved. And you can see it in verse 17. Here we go. I keep praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. There it is. That's what he prayed for people he loves. Now, a quick observation or two about this prayer. First thing, how often does Paul say we should pray it? Did you see it? Look at it again. It says... I keep praying. I'm kind of want to be like one and done, you know? Like I prayed this, so aren't we good? No, there's something about the persistence of prayer that changes things. 
I don't understand it. But Paul says, we keep praying. Jesus said, knock and the door will be opened to you. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. The Greek tense of those verbs are continuous. It's like knock until your knuckles are bloody. Who knocked for you? I was thinking about this. Keep asking. I thought about my brother, Tim, who for years I prayed for. He was stuck in addiction. We really thought we were going to lose him. And I was frustrated. Anybody ever get frustrated with God? Because it doesn't seem like he's answering this prayer. You've been praying forever for this person that you love. I was like, God, why haven't you done anything? Which the anything was what I had in mind, what it should be. And I heard this whisper that said, is your brother still alive? I'm doing something. And sure enough, several years later, Timmy stepped into a journey of sobriety. And several years later, my brother Gordon and I led him to Christ outside in the parking lot of Macy's. And today he has 27 years of sobriety. God was doing something. But we have to keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. That's how long. Now, who's doing the giving? The second observation. Who's doing the giving in this prayer? Who's responsible for the giving in this prayer? Look at it. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you. That's who's doing the giving. God's doing the giving. Here's what I wrote down. It's our role to play, pray. It's God's role to provide. However he's going to provide it. In the timeline, he's going to provide it. It's our role to pray. It's God's role to provide. And the third observation is this. What are we asking God to actually provide for this person that we love and that we're going to pray for? Verse 17 says, we're asking for God to provide the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I have to be honest with you. When I pray for people before this and studying the scripture and living in this for these last couple weeks, I didn't pray this for people, but I've been praying this for my person that God would give them because I can't give it. Believe me, I try. But God Could you give, you can give, will you give this person I love and I know you love him, the spirit of wisdom? What does that mean? The spirit of wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, right or lasting from God's perspective. That's what I want them to have. We know Proverbs says all wisdom comes from God. We can learn things from experience. This kind of wisdom is lasting wisdom from God's perspective. Give this person an ability to discern and judge it. Man, when we do that, our life goes in a different direction, does it not? A lot of the pain I've suffered in my own life is because I've chosen my own way, not God's wisdom and way. 
Give them wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. And give them the spirit of revelation. Revelation. Revelation is God disclosing truth that was previously unknown to you. Now, this is so cool, y'all. This is what the spirit of revelation and what God gives to us. This truth that we never could see before, but all of a sudden, we see it. That's God and the spirit of revelation working in your life. When I was 12 years old, I'd been in church my whole life, but I was sitting on a folding metal chair, listening to a woman talk about Jesus, and God gave me the spirit of revelation, clarity to see what I'd never seen before, and I heard the gospel, and I thought, I am a sinner. I'd never had that thought before. Lots of other people had. I'd never had it. And I bowed my head and I asked Jesus to come to my heart and he's been there ever since. Spirit of revelation. 24 years ago, sitting in a room, I had the spirit of revelation that came to me. I could see what I could never see before that led me to a decision to go to Alcoholics Anonymous for the very first time because the spirit of revelation came and said, if you don't stop this, it will destroy you. And all of a sudden, I could see it and I could respond to it. And I've been sober ever since. That's the spirit of God working in our life. It works all the time, not just in these defining moments, but every single day. I was walking with my grandson. I was taking care of him. We took him, had to take him to childcare uh, for the day. His parents are at Toyota, and I had to take him. And he said, Grandma, I don't, I don't want to go today. And I said, you know, Harrison, I get that. I don't want to have to do the work I have to do today either. But we were walking in there, and he took my hand. We were walking back. He says, Grandma, you know what? I said, what, Harrison? He said, I love you. And the spirit of revelation kind of fell on me. And God said to my heart, I heard this whisper, I have to take you places that you don't like to go. But you know what, Helen? I love you. That's what we're praying this person experiences. Don't you want to pray for that? Spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we keep praying. We keep praying, God, please move in this person's life. Only you can do this. God, give blank the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that, now watch this. This is so great. The reason we keep asking is this, so that you may know him better. That's it. I'm going, well, now, if I was writing that, it would say, so that you'll do what I tell you to do and think's best for your life. Anybody else? My wisdom, my revelation. Paul says, oh, no so that you can know him better. I'm thinking, but you could have put tons of things in there. 
that this person needs so that they'll understand God's will for their life, so that she'll be freed from addiction, so that he can be strong enough to make it as a single dad, so that she can be healed from mental illness, so that he can be financially strong enough to make it through life. Those are all really good things, aren't they? Paul is not praying for good things. Do you know what Paul is praying for? He's praying for a relationship. So they'll know you better, God. That's everything. Relationship. Knowing him better. And when you and I and this person we love know him better, that changes living with an addiction. That changes struggling through a challenge. That changes and answers questions that we don't have answers for at the time. It's knowing him better. Isn't that what you really want? Just to know him better because when you know him better, friends, I promise you, when you know him better, you will love him more. And when you love him more and are loved by him deeply, that relationship changes everything. Everything. So that's why we pray, God, give Sarah. God, give David. God, give Andrew. Who is it for you? Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation so they can know you better. Because then Paul says, as you go on to read, that the overflow of knowing him better, and he continues to pray it. You see, this whole section that I'm reading is actually one sentence in Greek. What Pastor Brian preached on last week was one complete sentence. Paul's a little bit long-winded. This whole sentence is an overflow of this prayer of love to know him better. And Paul says, when you know him better, listen to what you also know. He says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart, I'm not just talking to your mind here, he says, the eyes of your heart, the seat of your emotion and will. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order to know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. You see, when you know him better, when this person we are praying for encounters him deeper, knows him better, then they will know hope, they will know how valued they are to God, and they will know a power that is incomparable to any other power. That's what the scripture says. They will know hope. Their eyes will be enlightened to it, to hope. Look at it. Hope, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Can I tell you a truth? God always leads you to a place of hope. 
always. His way is to a way of hope. And some of you right now are struggling so hard with a sense of hopelessness for this person or in your own life. And God says, my way is hope. As a matter of fact, it says in Hebrews chapter six, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. It is firm, it is secure. Some of you are in a storm and you're being tossed around. You've got to be anchored to hope because God is hope. But this is a particular kind of hope that Paul is talking about, that this person that we love is gonna experience, that you can experience in a relationship with Christ. It is the hope, he says, to which you have been called. And when you read in, the, in uh, Philippians chapter four, verse 14, you hear Paul talk a little bit more about the hope he's called to. He says this, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul understood his calling was heavenward. Our calling is upward. Our calling, like Josh talked about, is not just building this home here. It is for eternity. The way we live here isn't the end all be all. That's why we don't give all of our effort to this life because our calling is to another life, the real life. The prize is what he says. And that's how this person we love, when they know him better, in faith we see them living that way with a heavenward calling. The second thing is, is that the eyes of your heart is enlightened to your great worth in God. Think about what changes in this person's life. Think about what changes in your life. Maybe this is for you tonight, today. What changes in your life when you begin to experience the eyes of your heart enlightened to your great worth that you have to God. Dixie, you have such great worth to God. Not because of what you do, but because of who you are and how you open your heart to him. Uh, Kathy, I think about your life and how you serve him and love him selflessly. And those bring value to so many people. But apart from that, you bring such delight to the Father's heart. I could go around and talk to so many of you that I know personally. But even if I don't know you, I know this truth to be true that you may not know about yourself. You have value, worth to God. You're literally, it says in the scripture, his inheritance. And I started thinking, God needs an inheritance? I thought he owned it all. And then it hit me. We are his inheritance. Like, he can't take what is ours to give. Our inheritance is we give him our life. That's why we have value. We're like, he, he spent it all for us that he could then inherit it, inherit us. How much worth and value 
do we have? And then our eyes are enlightened to the fact that we have power to walk this walk out. It says, power, his incomparably great power to us who believe. And you want to know what kind of power this is? Finish the chapter out. Listen to this power. Incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is evoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for every church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's the power that we're praying is unleashed in this person we love when we pray this prayer. God, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation so they may know you better. Power. Power to live this life, to know the purpose of your life and to live in the fullness of the life God has for us. Today, in my drive in here, I prayed over you because you are people I love. You're you're my church family. And I prayed this prayer over you. I prayed it before I walked up here. God, would you unleash in us a spirit of wisdom and revelation today so we know you better. And that is my prayer for you. I don't have a bunch of pink bags with dollar store necklaces for you. But I can pray for you. And I want to do that right now. If you would bow your heads, please. And just in a moment of silence, where has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you today? Maybe he wants to reveal something to you today. Just listen. And then corporately, I want us to pray for this person that God gave to your mind. All just silently pray this prayer. God, will you give, you just say their name privately, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so they will know you better. We love them. We thank you that you love them more than us, but we pray now for them. And God, I pray for my family in this room, my friends, people I love, where you've met them today and spoken a word to them. God, thank you for your wisdom, for your revelation.
Would you remind today them, someone in here needs hope, that you always call them towards hope. That is your voice. And in Jesus' name, we take back any ground the enemy has had in hopelessness. We bring the cross of Jesus. I speak hope over people. Thank you that they have great value and worth. Speak to them on that. And now, oh God, would you fill us with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We thank you that we're seated at the right hand with him. Thank you, God, for this powerful prayer that you, Jesus, I believe, intercede on our behalf and pray over us all the time. We receive it now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.